Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, Sam, it's Hinch. Hey, what's up? How's San Jose? Um, well, fun you ask, man. San Jose's great, and it's so great, I want to show it to you personally. Uh, what, like FaceTime video? Yeah. Yeah, something like that, but like minus the time and minus the video. I, I, don't, I, don't, understand, I don't understand what you're saying. Long story short, Honda have decided they really want to do an episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi minus Rossi in San Jose at the Honda NHL All-Star Game. And so I kind of need you to, like, pack up everything and get on a plane, like, now. Is this for real? I mean, I know it's kind of last minute, but it's super important, man. I mean, Honda are really stoked about doing this. It's a great event. It's a lot of fun. I know you have, like, a job and a kid and stuff, but... Yeah, damn. Yeah, like, it's... I, don't get me wrong. It sounds awesome, and, and, like, I love you, buddy, but, I yeah, I got, I got Hazel. I have work. I, I can't just drop everything like last minute and just fly to San Jose on a whim. Fim here, 35,000 feet in the air and on my way to San Jose. I'd like to thank Honda for setting up this special episode at the 2019 Honda NHL All-Star Game. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to a very special 2019 Honda NHL All-Star edition of Off Track with Hinch and Thim, unfortunately, <laughs> tragically. I, I like the sound of that. I like no, that. nobody, literally nobody likes the sound of that. <laughs> but unfortunately, that is the situation we're in. And despite his initial protests, Thim managed to get himself on a plane and get himself to San Jose so he's here now, I'm here now, and it's very cool, man. Honda are, are the title sponsor of the event. They decided to bring uh, me and, and Marcus Erickson, my new teammate at SPM, out to uh, to take in some of the hockey action, have some fun, give away some Hondas. But one of the things they desperately wanted was an episode of Off Track. So we had to oblige, right, then? Yeah, yeah, and when we got to do something pretty cool with it, um, which was a first for us. Do you want to you talk about that? Yeah, so we were we were trying to find an appropriate place to host a podcast. Now, for anyone that's done any sort of recording of any kind, you know that a quiet environment is usually the way to go. And and sometimes we don't we don't always do that. I mean, sometimes we have race cars going by in the background. For sure. Uh, in this case, where they wanted to do it, which was in and around the Honda booth at Fanfare uh, at the All Star Game. It was very busy. There was people traffic. There was music constantly playing. There was not a the lot of... The window didn't roll up. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, did it, we did it in a car. We did it in yeah. a Honda Passport. There wasn't a lot of quiet space, so we found that the inside of the Passport was the best place to actually record it. So, reluctantly, our guests agreed to sit <laughs> in a car <laughs> as we did it, though they were all very impressed with the scenery once they were inside. And the car is pretty cool. 
the car's great. You liked it. You had a lot of room in the back seat and a plug yeah, to plug I got, in your I could, laptop. I plugged in my laptop in the back seat. That was all, I was worried I was going to have to like run a cord out the door or something. But no, they had like a proper plug in the back seat. So it all sort of worked out. So all that being said, if you notice a little more background noise than normal during our interviews, at least now you know why. Yeah, and at one point. This was my favorite. Somebody opened the door of the demo car in the middle yes. of the interview. <laughs> that did happen. So if you hear a random door open and then close, that was because I forgot to lock the doors. It also <laughs> felt very weird to have a guest sit in the front seat of the car and then me immediately hit the lock door button. <laughs> That's not the greatest way to start an interview, I found out. Yeah, I think we'll stick to doing them in the in Rossi's bus. But uh but this is fun. I would do this again. Absolutely. It was a great time and without further ado, we will get right into it with our first interview. Track is brought to you by Honda, introducing the rugged all-new Honda Passport. With standard Honda sensing, a suite of safety and driver-assisted features, intelligent traction management, and available all-wheel drive to help you conquer the toughest terrain. It's your passport to adventure. Hello and welcome everybody to a very special on-location episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Uh, we're actually here at the 2019 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend in San Jose. And if you know anything about the dates of this event and the dates of the motorsports world, you will know that my co-host Alexander Rossi is busy at the Daytona 24-hour race this weekend. So I'm rocking solo with them, unfortunately. Uh, but we're here as guests of Honda at the All-Star Weekend. Very exciting to, to be here for us. And we're actually doing an, an off-track first. We've, we've broadcast from some weird locations before. This is probably the most obscure. We are inside the 2019 Honda Passport and uh, in the middle of fanfare here in the convention center in San Jose, surrounded by people. You can hear the music in the background, the fans in the background. As I said, we are on site, we're on location, and we're very excited uh, to be joined by our first guest, Dan Rosanowski. You are the voice of the San Jose Sharks. Yes, I am. I'm on the radio. I've been doing it for 28 years. I know we've seen each other when I work with Mark Jaynes and Nick and uh, Jake Query on the IndyCar Radio Network, so that's a lot of fun to jump on a couple times a year. And it's really exciting to, to have you guys here representing Honda and also representing IndyCar in, uh, I guess you could say, someplace near Alexander Rossi's hometown. Yeah, sure, in the same general vicinity. About two hours. Right. So tell me, I mean, how, how did you get into the gig working with the Sharks? Well, I started uh, in college hockey, so uh, it was my dream to be an announcer in the NHL, to do play-by-play. -play. I grew up... Uh, so you know, as you did in the NHL, listening to games on the radio and so forth. So just sort of working your way up, just the same way you probably did to get to where you are. So it was always hockey. It was never like sports in general. You had a passion for hockey from the get-go. Number one. My two favorite passions are hockey and open-wheel racing. So there you are. That's fine. And you've managed to dabble into both now. So you said 28 years you've uh, been the voice of the Sharks. That's right. How many games would do you think that you've... Uh, done the play-by-play -play for uh, I celebrated my 2,000th regular season game last year, no so I'm getting way. Over, yeah, I'm over 2,000 now. 2,000 regular season games. Are there any that stand out? Do you have like memories of favorite games that you've called? Oh gosh, so many. Really? Uh, oh sure. Um, I can, and, and some of them aren't playoff games, obviously, but right. the playoffs are the ones that jump out. 
being able to call Jonas Donskoy's game winner in the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh in overtime. That was an exciting moment. Uh, just before that, the series, uh, people were crying outside of SAP Center because the Sharks <laughs> finally qualified for the Stanley Cup final for the first time, and they were so uh, electrified by it. The whole town was just buzzing, similar to what's happening here this weekend. And uh, those are just a couple, but uh, you know, the very first Sharks game in Vancouver at the old Pacific Coliseum, uh, uh, that was a great, great event. And of course, the Sharks gave up something like 57 shots and lost 4-3 in the last minute. And then uh, you may remember one game a while back in Toronto at Maple Leaf Gardens, game six of a, of a Stanley Cup playoff series against the Maple Leafs. Johan Garpenloff hits the crossbar. He if it puts the puck an inch lower. Right. The Sharks go to the next round. Maple Leafs ended up winning that game and winning in game seven. And that's the only time that the Sharks have played your favorite team, the Maple Leafs, in the playoffs. But if it happens this year, it would be for all the marbles in the final. And that's we'd right. Like, we'd like to see that. We talked about that. That would be kind of a dream setup for us. So when the team's on the road, you travel with them and, and, and still call all the away games. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. You know, uh, I think it was Pedro Guerrero, the baseball player, was talking about it. And they said, are you with the team? And uh, uh, the, the person talking was announced. I said, "Well, I'm not really with the team. I mean, I travel with them. He, he I'm goes with them. Yeah, but I'm but not. I'm, not, with I'm them. not on the team. Right. And he said, "You're on the plane." And they, he said, "Yes." And he said, "So if the plane crashes and everybody dies, you die." He says, "Yes." He says, "You're on the team." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That that's the qualifier to be yeah, on the team. Is you're if, you're on on the the team. if you're on the plane and you go down with them, that counts. Yep. So uh, you said your other passion was open wheel racing, and you got the chance to do some uh, some broadcasting right here in San Jose when the when the Champ Car Series was in town. Um, how how does your how does your I guess where does your passion from open wheel come from, and how did that kind of start? Well, just growing up, it's an American tradition, right? To Memorial Day, the Indianapolis 500. Have course. you been? Oh, I've been many times. Okay. In fact, I, the last time I was there was the uh, the race that Fernando was racing in. Oh, right, yeah. So that that's the last time I was there. My brother and I have gone, used to go every year. It's a little bit harder living out in California, and of course with the Sharks playoff uh, requirements, so a little bit tougher to do that. But I do get there whenever I can, however I can fit it in my schedule. You know how that is. For sure. But uh, I remember the first time I went, the very first Indy 500 I ever went to in person was the race when Al Jr. and Emerson Fittipaldi were Touched. going head-to-head on the third corner. Guess where my seats were? Third right corner? Right there. <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the best seats at the Speedway to have is in turn three because of all the action that happens on that back straight, which For sure. I think is cool. I mean, there's there's not there's not many bad seats at IMS. That's what's no. cool about that place. No. I mean, it, you, you don't see from that vantage point you don't see the start finish which is for sure too bad but we sure. got the radio which is something i do for a living anyway <laughs> you're used to that yeah so is it was it natural for you to jump in with with mark james and the guys on the radio network when it, you did that? it really was and i always followed it uh, very very closely over the years between that and formula one racing those are my two favorites but uh, it, it's just something so special and so magical about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the experience that you have there on race day on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, everything from, you know, what we used to be Jim Neighbors singing back home again in Indiana yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, now we've got uh, the guy who does the, the Blackhawks, uh, Jim Cornelison doing that. That's right. But, uh, but also just the, the entire pomp and circumstance and, and the intensity and the great drivers that, that we have. I remember when Fernando was racing, for instance, mm -hmm. he came in and I, I remember his speech at the dinner after was pretty interesting because he really wanted to make a point of how talented all of the IndyCar drivers were and how impressed he was by the professionalism and, and how difficult it really was to run on the so-called only four-turn track. Right. No, it was it was definitely a big, uh, big boost for all of us to have a driver of his caliber come over and compete at the level that he did. I mean, you really can't understate how great a job he did to step into such a foreign environment, a foreign real craft of, of 
you know, uh, derivative of motorsport, so to speak. I think it's cool. And, you know, A.J. Foyt, you know, he's the only guy to, to win at, uh, uh, what, the Daytona 24, the, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, the Indy 500, and the Daytona 500. Going across disciplines like that, I'm sure you can relate. It's got to be really tough to do. It is so tough. And, you know, Mario and A.J. and those guys kind of grew up in a bit of a different era where it was a lot easier to do that. Nowadays, every sport... Every motorsport is so specialized, you know, that everybody's raised themselves up to such a high level. You know, switching between is, is much more difficult. So when a guy like Fernando was able to do that and, and show his abilities, you know, obviously he jumped in a sports car and won at Le Mans, um, it's, uh, it's impressive. But it's, it's, what, what I like about motorsports is you can do that a little e easier than you can in other sports. Not a lot of hockey players are trying to go pitch for the Yankees. No, but you know what's something interesting is I talk to a lot of coaches and, and they say that they think it's important, especially growing up, that kids that are NHL players play other sports. Mm -hmm. um, we have a guy that's in our system, John McCarthy. He's played a little bit with the Sharks. He's the captain of our AHL team, the San Jose Barracuda. He was the quarterback of his high school football team. And he thinks that when you learn other sports, a lot of hockey players like to play lacrosse. Right. They think that that's a really good thing to understand so that you start to think about your sport a little bit differently and you're more creative. For sure. And it's, it's the same thing in motorsports. I mean, team owners love when you get behind the wheels of other cars. It's... The, the, the saying in racing is there's no substitute for seat time. No. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's got four wheels and an engine, you should get in it anytime you can. Um, so have you? we're here, obviously, at the, the Honda All-Star Game. Have you called an All-Star Game before? I, I have. I, the last time the All-Star Game was here was 1997. And remember, I've been around 28 years. Fair enough. So that was the game when Owen Nolan actually called his shot. He had two goals in the game, and he was coming down, bar barreling in on Hasek, and he actually pointed to the top corner of the net and put it there. No way. You never do that in an NHL game, but no, he, of a little bit looser. But that was a legendary moment in the history of the All-Star Game, and one that everybody here still talks about all those years later. So I bet, Hasek, was, I bet Hasek felt silly. No, <laughs> he told him where he, it was going. Did he ever feel silly? But <laughs> but he was able to laugh it off after because the game obviously isn't isn't that critical. But uh, my first memory of the All-Star Game was I was only a little kid, and it, it was at Madison Square Garden in New York, and I got to watch Bobby Orr and Brad Park play on the point on the power play at the same time, nice. which they never played together. Right. And these are two of the greatest defensemen of that era. Certainly Bobby Orr, I think, may be the greatest player of all time. So to be able to see these guys, and I, I always remember that as a kid, to be able to see all the guys from the other team. Many people that come to Sharks games, they might go to one, two games a year. And so this is a great opportunity to see all these players that you hear about on the radio or see on TV and see them in person. And of course, all of the other fanfare events with all the trophies just down the way from yeah. where we are, they're really impressive. Uh, to see the IndyCar and the All-Star livery and all that. So I, I think it's just an amazing event for families to come see. Yeah, so, so you're a big supporter of, of All-Star Weekend in general and, and kind of what it represents. I know some people, you know, they, they take issue with the fact that the game is a little looser. It might not be the same intensity as a normal game, but at the same time, it has the added benefits of seeing all these people that you wouldn't normally get to see, see people play together that wouldn't normally play together. And I think that the camaraderie between guys, I think, is a lot... It's a lot more fun to watch in these kind of events. Well, and it's a chance for the guys to get to know each other a little bit. They compete really hard. Some of them are good friends, and a lot of them have competed against each other going all the way up. I know you can say the same thing from going back to, to karting or wherever anything ever started, and anybody who'd raced in midget racing together or whatever. Right. So uh, it's the same thing, but yet you don't really get to really know the guys. You do at the All-Star Weekend, and the other thing is these guys can bring their families, so it's a relaxed thing for the families. And the NHL did a good job with the three-on-three 
format. Yeah. Changing it up, making it like a, you know, that's the overtime format yeah. now. But to do that for the full game obviously shows you, okay, it's not this hockey game that, that we're, we're playing for the playoffs or the Stanley Cup, but it's a fun exhibition of their skills. And the guys say they can practice their skills for overtime later in the season. And on the other side of it, the coaches also. It's a chance for other coaches to get to know these players. True. And that can be important. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, last night we watched the skills competition. What's what's your favorite skill competition exercise to watch? I like a couple of them. I, I, you know, the, the, the slap shot, the, the hardest shot, is always the one that is the kind of marquee. Is event. that kind of the bragging rights one for the guys? Yeah, yeah. It's so not it, fastest lap. It's no, the, it's fastest that, shot. That's my second. Favorite okay, one. okay. Uh, to see how fast these skaters really are. Right. But the accuracy one also is an amazing display of their skill. To think about, and if you try to do that, it's pretty tough. Um, not that different than uh, you know than say uh, you know where your breaking point is uh, right. going into the corkscrew at Laguna Seca coming right. up this season or or coming down the, to the hairpin turn in Sonoma what you're going to do so it's kind of interesting absolutely yeah as you say com- coming to Laguna we're coming to the area at the end of the season here very exciting for the new car series to be back to Laguna Seca uh, so all right so you've done 2,000 plus Sharks games uh, you've called Stanley Cup playoff games you've called uh, All Star games you've called some Indy car races. Is there an event that you would love to call? What's on your bucket list as, a, as an announcer? Well, obviously, I've done that a little bit because I've called the Stanley Cup final. I'd love to call the moment that the San Jose Sharks win the Stanley Cup championship. Fair That's, Fair that would be quite a moment. Um, but, you know, um, aside from perhaps uh, doing an Indy 500 or uh, uh, perhaps doing the, uh, the Grand Prix of Monaco, I, okay. I, think, I think those are probably on my list. I, I've been to... Um, a few of those circuits in Europe over the years, mm-hmm. but uh, but I've, I've only seen a couple of Formula One races in person. I've been to uh, Montreal, yep. and I've been to the, all, most of the races at Indy when the when Formula One oh, came there. Oh, of course, there. yeah, absolutely. Uh, when when Tony George had that all set up for a number of years, but uh, yeah, to be able to do those would be great. And um, I, I think that would pretty much do it. I think I, I've been able to achieve a lot of things in my career um, with hockey. Though that's the sport I really love, with with motorsports being the other one. Right. Okay. So. 2,000 plus games in the books. How many more do you think are ahead of you? Well, this is how it works in broadcasting. You, you do what you love, right? And and you love what you do. And as long as they let you do it, you want to keep going. Of course. Vin Scully made it for the Dodgers until he was until he was 90. I don't know if I'm going to make it that long, <laughs> but uh, but I'll tell you what. As long as it's a lot of fun, I, I love traveling with the guys. Hockey players like like race car drivers, very uh, down to earth people. Mm-hmm. Um, they understand the value of of family and, and the value of everything that they had to do to get to where they are. So I think there's a lot in common there. And to me, that's one of the, the great parts of it is, is, the, is the people, the people that I get to meet uh, in both worlds, actually, but, but, but in the NHL, certainly. So for the, for the time being, there's no, there's no next step. There's no next goal. You're doing what you love, and you're going to do it until, they, until either it's not, no longer fun for you or they tell you to stop doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the obvious thing is, would you like to do some television? I've done some. Um, would, would you like to do some national broadcasts? I actually do some on radio. Right. Um, it would be nice to be part of that. Um, would it be great to uh, you know to, to jump on with Diff and the boys or, or Mark James again for a few more races? Those are things that I, I, I think about a lot. 
and hopefully you'll get the opportunity to do it at some point. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe if the schedule works out, I'll be with the, the group in Laguna Seca. And we've been also going to Portland also because that's early in September. That's right, yeah. The, the big thing is is it can't conflict with my hockey schedule. Of but, course. Uh, but Wally and the group at, at IndyCar Radio have been so gracious with uh, with the way that they work with me and allow me to be part of the broadcast, and I really enjoy that. And, you know, I'm running up and down and pit and running into guys like you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the thing that we love is guys, whether it's television broadcast, radio broadcast, that are passionate about the sport, that know the sport. So, Dan, we'd love to have you uh, back on the radio network or on the television talking IndyCar anytime. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in Laguna and, and maybe Portland as well. I look forward to that, Hinch. Thanks a lot. All right. Have fun this weekend. You bet. You too. Cheers. You bet. Back here at the uh, Fanfare San Jose Convention Center, uh, we're here obviously for the Honda 2019 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend, and uh, joined now by Thomas. Now, Thomas, how do you pronounce your last name? Shabbat. You pronounce it T. I would why I, I would have thought as a French Canadian and French would be like Chabot. I know a lot of people think that for some reason. I don't know. Since I'm born, it's always been Shabbat, so I guess we pronounce it T. There you go. All right. Yeah. So we, we yeah we were both wrong on that one. It was yeah. last night when we were watching the skills competition. They introduced introduced you, and we're like, did he get it wrong or are we wrong? <laughs> we were pretty I, sure we were wrong. I but. get that a lot though. Like guys always ask me if we do pronounce it or not, and I mean that's the way I was thought, and that's, right. that's the way we pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, is this your first All Star game? Yeah, it is. Are you enjoying the experience so far? Yeah, it's been a blast so far. Um, whether it's on the ice or off the ice here with fans or the players, it's uh, I, I'm lucky enough to have my family as well in town, so it's it's been a blast for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, is is it kind of like a is it kind of like a vacation for you guys here? I mean, it's it's a little less pressure, less stress, but still a lot of fun. Everyone's here and involved. And yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, obviously we're in the middle of our bye week, um, but at the same time, when you look at the skills night last time, we, yeah, we were on the ice, but uh, we're just having fun. We're just challenging each other. We're just. Uh, having a blast, uh, giving gifts to the fans. So no, for sure, it is a, va- a vacation. We're uh, enjoying our time. We're down in San Jose, which could be could be worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're a bit warmer a, than Ottawa right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, a lot warmer. Um, but no, it's been a great time. So you took part in the skills competition last night. What's uh, of the six events? Which one would you like? Which one would you love to have done? What's your favorite one? Uh, I would have loved to have done the hardest shot yeah. just to see where I stand at, but uh, the one I did, the premier passer, was yeah. uh, was pretty challenging, actually. It was pretty hard to do. That was incredibly uh, challenging. Yeah. Like, we were there watching, and we could not believe some of the things they made you guys do. Yeah, the, well, the, the first zone is pretty easy. It's right. breakout passes, as we usually we do thousands of times during the season, but um, the middle part with the small nets is pretty hard to get. you got to... Uh, with the board just in front of the net was kind of hard. You have to make sure it land right after. But uh, I mean, those are those are things that you uh, you kind of just challenge in between each other. I think when you see guys going through and guys are having a hard time, we're all laughing, we're all having a right. good time. But yeah. uh, it's like me at the end. I was gonna I was gonna have a great time from what I heard from the guys, and then I just couldn't get that one last yeah. target. But. I mean, you're just having fun with it. You get frustrated because you want to do well, but uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's funny because I, we were watching them set up the nets and the boards in front, and I remember thinking, oh, no, they, they screwed that up because that board's way too close. There's no way you could clear that board and get it into a net yeah. that small. Yeah, that's what it is. It was so close, especially the first uh, the first on the left and first on the right was uh, so small. The net was so much smaller, but 
I mean, it, it's hard to do, and it makes it even better when you get it. It makes you uh, feel good a little bit about yourself. But it's also, that's not something you can really practice either. Like, that's not like a skill or a drill that you guys ever do, right? No, we never, never practice that, but um, we do use the saucer pass quite a bit during, during a game or during practice, whatever the situation might be. But um, so it's fun to do it, do different things like that. You. Uh, it, you work on your skills, you work on your craft a little bit, and, and it makes you makes you better at the end of the day. So, if you were to have taken part in the uh, in the slap shot challenge, do you have any idea what your slap shot's at? If you have you ever ever measured it before? Uh, we did it. We usually do our own in Ottawa at the Sense Scale Competition, and then uh, I think last year I was 101 or 102 or something like that. But I don't know if it's the same radar that they use in Ottawa as the NHL All Star here. But I don't know. Maybe. Probably high 90s, I think. Yeah, you you be up there, you be competing for the win. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's tough. That's a tough call. <laughs> but uh, if I get it right, pretty good. I, actually, it's funny because in in Detroit this year, uh, Detroit got that new technology behind the nets that they have the radar. And oh, cool. I had one of those uh, clapper goal this year, and they said it was one one oh six. So there you go. Um, I don't know if it would have happened last yeah, 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 night. Yeah, yeah. I can't bet on that, but. Uh, it would have been fun to fun to just see. So among the guys, what's the what are the six skills competition? Uh, what's the one that like everybody can brag the most about? Is it is it hardest shot? Is it fastest lap? Best passer? Um, most accurate? Like what? Like what's the one that the guys are all like? Yeah, I want to win that one. I think I think the guys would love to win whether the hardest shot or the accuracy one. I think it's those are things you always use during a game right. so to beat everybody else you kind of kind of act like a, a big dog a right. little bit you're right. beating everyone you got the best shot or whatever it is so uh, but no I think I think pretty much every event are nice uh, nice to win but at the end of the day last time we were just having a blast trying to give a nice show to the fans and, and yeah. it looked like they enjoyed it because Connor McDavid won fastest lap right yeah and then it was what Pasternak was most accurate yeah yeah, but we don't count him because he's from the Bruins. So we just <laughs> we just ignore him completely. Yeah. He's not actually part of the part yeah. of the competition. So you grew up in Quebec. I assume you were a Canadians fan. Yeah. Who would, so when you were a Canadians fan, who would you say were their biggest rivals? I'd say, yeah, that's a tough one. Obviously Toronto or Boston, but I think. Yeah. When they were in playoffs and they played Boston, it was it was, was pretty intense. That was yeah. the biggest one. Yeah. Because like I always thought that the Habs and the Sens kind of had a bit of a rivalry. They do, yeah, but I don't think it's as big as the starting like the first six team that were right. in the NHL. That's always what it comes down to. But um, obviously, whenever we play Montreal, whether it's in Ottawa or, or Montreal, there's always a tons of for sure the, the other team's jersey and the stands sure. and, and but no it's always so much fun to be a part of those games do you like secretly try and throw the game when you're playing the Habs because you want them to win no <laughs> uh, that's the other way around now that I'm in Ottawa I want them to lose I don't like them anymore but, uh, no as a kid growing up that was that was one thing anytime I could play against Montreal it's always, it always makes it a little special for sure because uh, I know at home uh, back home, everybody's huge fan of Montreal. So anytime we can get the chance of winning against these guys, it's all, it, it makes it a lot better. So would that be the dream team to play for one day, uh, I'm or not are you just sure. you just love love life at the Sens, or I, is it somewhere I, I else? I love or? it with the Sens. To be honest, it's it, since I've been there, they treated me real well, and, and especially this year, I've uh, I've got big responsibilities with the team, and it, I'm having a blast there. So obviously, Ottawa would be would be a team I'd love to stick to. 
And you played uh, you played for Canada in the juniors, right? Yeah. How, how was that experience? I mean, I feel like getting to represent your country in a tournament like that, it's got to be one of the coolest feelings. It was great. Uh, my first year uh, for the under-20s were in Helsinki. It was a blast, but uh, nothing was like the second year when we were in Toronto and Montreal. Uh, just playing against, uh, in front of your own crowd was was probably one of the best things I've, I'll, I'll ever do in my life. Um, the fans were crazy, the stadiums were packed. Uh, uh, I think the whole experience was just unbelievable. For sure, for sure. All right, so uh, any any hopes of maybe uh, Olympics next? Uh, maybe, I'd love to for sure. And that's if, on uh, the list? Yeah, if you, if, if you ask me, I'd love to be there, but I think we're we're a long way from there uh, right now. Uh, obviously, last Olympics, the guys didn't go, so... Uh, but no, it's always been a tournament I love watching. Uh, it's always uh, guys are battling out for their countries, and it's always great hockey. So hopefully one day I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. How do we fix that? How do we make it so that that doesn't happen again with the guys not being able to go? Uh, I'm not sure. That's a lot of work. I don't know much about <laughs> it. I'm, I'm still young in the league. I gotta get uh, uh, to know a little more about it. But obviously, guys would love the Olympics. From what I've heard, the guys that have been there, they loved it. They had a blast. So hopefully it comes back. So is there, uh, you know, obviously All-Star Weekend, a lot of incredible players going to be on the ice together, guys you don't normally get to play with, play against, whatever. Uh, is there is there, a, is there a guy that you're going to be either playing against or playing with tonight that's kind of been a hero of yours that you're really just looking forward to sharing the ice with? Um, I'm not going to be sharing on the same team, but obviously to be to having the chance to meet Sidney Crosby, he's always been the guy that... Uh, since I'm young. He played in the QMJHL as well, so I've been following him for a while. He's always been uh, my favorite player to watch, and um, just to meet him here in this event was uh, is great, And uh, but obviously just to share the guys with everyone. Like you said, those are all players I'm probably never going to get the chance to play with, Right. Um, but I have the chance to play against them, and now they play on the same team. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. Obviously, I already know how talented they are, but uh, to be on the same team and make plays with them, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a blast. Awesome, man! All right, predictions for tonight. Who's gonna win? I'm gonna have to go with Atlanta. And I think we have a really good young team, a lot of talent. We have a great goaltender, so uh, we'll see. There you go. Well, best of luck tonight, and thank you thank so much you. for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. And we are back. Uh, we are back on off track with Hinch and Rossi minus Rossi. Uh, and we have our third and final guest of this special episode from the 2019 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend here in San Jose and here inside a Honda Passport where I'm pretty sure uh, my next guest is doing his first ever interview from inside a car. At least inside a Honda Passport, yeah. At least inside For a sure. Honda Passport. That's <laughs> a sure brand new a car. First. That is definitely a first. <laughs> the man needs an introduction, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, driver of the number seven Aero Electronics, Schmidt-Peterson, Honda Power, Delara Firestone, and the NTT IndyCar Series, Marcus Erickson. Have you learned how to say that yet? No, I'm, I'm impressed, actually. Well done. I mean, yeah. It's only because your sponsors are now my sponsors. It's the same car, so it's easy. I just had to change five to seven, and it was easy. Uh, welcome, Marcus. Thank you so much. How's it going? Yeah, it's not bad. Having fun here in, in San Jose, and... Yeah, watching ice hockey, which is amazing. I'm a massive ice hockey fan, so it's it's been a fun weekend. All right, so let's let's start on the on the hockey thing since we're here at the All Star mm. Game. It seems appropriate. Uh, obviously, from Sweden, big hockey country. 
you actually played hockey until you were what, 15, 16? Yeah, I played until I was 16, so I was uh, actually a, a goalie. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a massive ice hockey fan ever since, you know, and uh, obviously, like you say, Sweden is a big country, the best country in the world in ice hockey, you know. Well, so, that's, so, yeah, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a very debatable fact. I think we've actually looked up some of these statistics. The last time Canada and Sweden have been together, whether it's juniors, Olympics, whatever, I want to say the Canucks have come out on top, but... Uh, no, I'm not sure about that, to be fair. I mean, but, we'll go to Google. Yeah, I am, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. but, you know, that's fine. Bring so if you're you wrong, I'll just cut this part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, when did you start playing hockey? Uh, like, in oh. Sweden, it's like, you, you do it as soon as you can walk, you go on the ice, pretty much. I, I think, you know, I, I started to play hockey from as young as you can be, a couple of years old, I guess. And then, like, I was doing that every winter, and then doing go-karts in the summer, and, you know, combining the two and love both. But then at one point, you know, you have to choose which sort of way to go to fully... Yeah, fully commit yourself, and that was when I was around 16. I was gonna start doing for my BMW over in the UK. So then it was like, yeah, time to take the step, and uh, I had to stop with ice hockey. So it was yeah, a tough decision. I was gonna yeah. say, like, how how was that decision? It was tough because, uh, like I said, I loved the, the hockey, and and at first when I made the decision, I was like, oh, I did, I did the right choice, but. And then yeah, for sure I did <laughs> because I was, I was no chance I was gonna be, you know. Uh, Professional you, like that. I was gonna say, which one were you better at? I was, for sure, I was better in the in the go karts and racing. But <laughs> I was pretty decent goalie. I yeah. have to say, yeah, I was not too bad. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely a better driver than a goalie. Okay, so <laughs> let's say your talent level was exactly the same, goalie and racing driver. Oh. Which one would you like? Do you do you fundamentally in your core enjoy hockey more? No, like I love racing. You love racing. You know? okay. I love racing. Uh, that's the right answer, yeah, by the way. Exactly. That was a that was, that was a right question, or wrong. Yeah. That's a trick question. Yeah, no, I, I love racing, but but at the same time, you know, the, the hockey guys are living a, a dream life over here in, in the NHL, so I'm sure they're having a, a great time with yeah. them as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, life's not so bad for Marcus Eriksson no, either. No, no, I can't complain. I can't I, you complain. Know, you spend... I have to stick up with some Canadian teammates, <laughs> but apart from that, you know, it's all good. And it's just he starting. Is the worst. <laughs> no, he's bad. It's bad. I, I feel sorry for so, him. So I mean, apart from that, it's. it's Oh, you know, it's all great. <laughs> so you've obviously spent the last five years in Formula One, mm. traveling all over the world, Pinnacle of Motorsports, this, that, and the other. Big transition now over to IndyCar. What are you most looking forward to about driving in the IndyCar series? I think other than the teammates, other than that. No, but I think the, the big thing with IndyCar that really excites me a lot is the fact that it's a what I call a drivers' championship. You know, like everyone. You have just the same cars, you know, to work with, and then obviously there is all that teamwork to set it up from weekend to weekend. But in the end, it's a drivers' championship, and coming from five years in Formula One, especially running for sort of back of the grid teams, for say, it's uh, it is tough mentally when you don't have that chance and you know, fight in the top and fight for victories and podiums. And, and that's the, the biggest thing with me, you know, coming to IndyCar, that you know everyone have that chance. Uh, and also looking at IndyCar, you know, the racing is great, it's really close competition, it's all different type of tracks, you need to really be like flexible as a driver, I think, to, to, to be able to perform on the ovals, on the street courses, road courses, so I think all these things is something that really, yeah, I think is great with IndyCar. And also the series as a whole, mm -hmm. you know, the momentum in the series at the moment, I think is, uh, is really good and probably uh, it's really on the up as a series, which is good. For sure. I mean. 
you you touched on the versatility needed, uh, all different types of tracks you got to be good at. Obviously, ovals is a part of that. You have yet to drive on an oval. How do you feel about oval racing? Are you nervous about oval racing? Are you excited about oval racing? No, I'm excited for sure because I think, you know, ever since I started with with racing, like my favorite uh, tracks and favorite corners were always the high speed, you know, that's what right. like gets me going. So like I always like look forward to Brands Hatch GP, to Spa, to Suzuka, these type of tracks with a lot of high speed content. So that's why I think that the ovals will be something I really like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to try it out and, and to race at it. And, and obviously, having a, a small first race on oval would be good as well to get going. You know that Indy 500 thing. It's just that, just that <laughs> yeah, little yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to get started, you know. No, but no, I, I really think that uh, it's going to be fun to race. And everyone I ask as well, you know, like including you, it's like yeah, ovals is so much fun. Yeah, they're great, man. You're gonna love them. You're gonna love them. Uh, You've you've relocated from Kumla, 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 uh, in Sweden <laughs> to Indianapolis, yeah, which is like actually like a step up in size and population. Uh, here, Kumla is a bit of a small town. Very true. Uh, a bit of a culture difference, I would imagine. Also, moving to Indianapolis, how has the transition been on the on the personal side? Oh, it's been good. Like, uh, I mean. Sweden is quite a small country and we have quite small cities if you compare to America obviously and uh, when I speak to people and I tell them I just moved to Indianapolis not everyone is super excited about it <laughs> uh, but, for, but for me it's like it's a great city it's very big you know it's loads of things to do you know? so for me it's been great you know I'm enjoying it uh, I've got a really cool apartment downtown as well so yeah so far it's been good I've only been there a few weeks but yeah it's true yeah, you've been traveling a bit apart from the cold weather which is very much like Sweden uh, it's all good yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you're used to that yeah, exactly yeah what's, what's been your favorite thing about Indy so far about living in Indy so like a restaurant that you found that you love or no like I think the best part is the yeah my apartment is really cool like I yeah. really enjoyed the apartment uh, I got the Swedish TV going so you know I can watch the Swedish oh, really? TV yeah so that's, that's gonna be you know that's a good one that's a good one how do you do that Ah, you know, I set it up with all the VPN servers yeah. and oh. stuff like that. So oh, I get all the Swedish, yeah, I get all the Swedish TV going. What's your favorite Swedish TV show? It's watching the NHL games. <laughs> what? You don't need Swedish TV no, for that. No, the, no the, the my favorite show on Swedish TV at the moment, which I'm really excited about, is the Swedish MasterChef. Like, oh, I'm really? A huge fan. Huge You're a huge fan, fan of MasterChef. Yeah. Swedish MasterChef, but Just also Master. no, so, like, I, I I do watch the. Are you like, a American fan of like well. cooking? Are you? Do like, you like to cook? I'm a pretty bad cook, I would say. <laughs> okay. but I mean, I do it, but but yeah, I just I don't know. I really like the show. Like, I think it's fun. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I, it's a bit weird. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't pay yeah. you as a master chef. Guy. No, I know, I know. Okay, so what? I do a killer omelet, though. So. Killer omelet. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Good to know. So. So you're the Swedish chef. <laughs> so runner <laughs> invitation, maybe <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, what's your favorite uh, U.S. TV show? Do you have one yet? Uh, I don't really have one. Are you like a Netflix guy? Do you watch a lot yeah, of Netflix? Yeah, I, I watch a lot of Netflix uh, at the moment. What am I watching at the moment? Um, I just finished, uh, what's it called, Better Call Saul. Like my oh, favorite yeah. show is Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. It's yeah. like my, the best one. And then, yeah, I just finished uh, Better Call Saul, which was also, I mean, it was not Breaking Bad. Good, no, but it, it was, was good. It was still good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm watching all the documentaries and 
yeah, Netflix is a big part of my life. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think it's a big part of everybody's life yeah, these true. days. It's Whether true. that's a good thing yeah. or a bad thing, I don't know. Becky and I watch it all the time. We're addicted. Um, okay, we have a we have a fun little game we want to play. Bring it on. Okay, so you're obviously you know big hockey fan and. I've noticed that you obviously tend towards uh, the Swedish players, right? Um, and there, there are a fair few, right? There are yeah, a fair few have, in the I NHL. Love, you guys have, I mean, not yeah, as many. Second as, best country. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Not as many as Canadians, but <laughs> so like it's. You definitely, you know, percentage-wise, I'd say you know more of the Swedish hockey players than I know the Canadian one, just because there's so many professional Canadian uh, hockey yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's hard for yeah, me to keep yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play a little game here where we kind of tested your knowledge because oh, interesting. that whole part of the world has a lot of hockey and a lot of hockey players. So yeah. Scandinavia produces a lot of good players. This is true. And so I'm going to go through a list of players and you've got to tell me if they're from Sweden, Norway, or Denmark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I feel like you should be able to do this. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're pretty, you're pretty dedicated towards your. Uh, yeah, I'm an ice hockey nerd. Ice so hockey I nerd. I should uh, ace this. All right. It's so the Scandinavian hockey challenge. It's yeah. the Scandinavian right. hockey challenge. This Bring is, it on. Okay. Number one, Daniel Alfredson. Swedish. Swedish. Legend. Out of a senators. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. Tor Vikingstad. Uh, Norwegian. Not Swedish. Yeah. He is Norwegian. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Two for two. Two for two. Okay. Heinrich Sedin. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks. Swedish. And, <laughs> and <laughs> Daniel Sedin is his twin brother. Legends as well. Even knows, uh, even knows the teams. The, their retirement was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty cool yeah. deal. Uh, okay. Franz Nielsen. Franz Nielsen is Danish. He is Danish. And that he's is, playing at the Red Wings. He's doing the better moment. than I thought he was going to do. He's in doing. This. We, we should have picked way harder one. Okay, okay, let's try this one. Uh, Gustavus Adolphus. Gustavo? Gustavus Adolphus. I think I we got thought. him. Yeah. I think we stumped him. So he is Swedish. But uh, we gotta confess, he's not a hockey player. He was the king of Sweden in 1611. <laughs> yeah, we, we cheated on that one. You were doing too well, so we had to throw a curveball. Right, right. So he All knows right, his hockey right. players, okay. but he doesn't know the Swedish monarch very okay. well. So yeah. that was the king in the 1600s. Uh, okay, 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 so yeah, one more. Enough. I mean, you you won, but one more just to uh, try this one out. Yannick uh, Hansen. Yannick Hansen is a Danish player as well. He is a and Danish he's player. he's playing in the Canucks, I think. Sure. I don't know that. All right. This five is, out uh, of six. Yeah, five out of six, which really is five out of five. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That uh, that, went, that went better for you than I thought. It, it works for us like than I, said, I, I, I watch NHL like every day. Like It's, it's an embarrassing amount of uh, yeah. NHL games going well, on no, in it's my house. Definitely so. we're the embarrassed ones in the car <laughs> at the moment. Uh, okay, so obviously your hockey knowledge is good. We're here for the All-Star game. We watched the skills competition last night. Uh, we just had Thomas Chabot in the car yeah. uh, on the show, who we watched in the in the, the Precision Passer Challenge. What was your favorite skill set you watched last night? Uh, that was quite impressive, actually, the, the passing. Uh, it was quite tough. Uh, it was fun to watch the the, the oval race. The, fast, <laughs> yeah, the, the fast, fastest lap? Fast skaters, uh, especially the girl there. She was impressive, I yeah. thought. Uh, yeah, it's just cool in general to see the skills that these guys have, you know, and like the puck control and everything. It's uh, 
it is, you know, it's very impressive. So, yeah. And your boy Henrik did pretty well. Yeah, King Henrik did well. He won the goalie competition. So, yeah, we're doing all right. The Swedes, yeah. Oh, he knows that king. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the king I know. He knows that king, probably a few of the LA kings, but uh, not the king of Sweden. Yeah. All right, what's your prediction for tonight? I. I don't know. I'm sure the Swedes will do very well. Uh, you can't, that's, just, that's you not, can't just blanket say the Swedes will do well. But how do they like? Do you have a division that you think is going to win? Uh, Atlantic, Pacific. Uh, I don't know. No. No. I, I'm not. I need to be fair. That's something I'm. I need to sort of read up to which team okay. go who. So well, I, I we'll, cannot really know that. We'll read it up. We'll put five bucks on the game. Yeah, that would be fun. And we'll figure it yeah, out. Okay. All right, dude. Look. Uh, we're going to have some fun uh, fun tonight. We've already had some fun this weekend. We're going to have some fun, more fun today and a lot of fun this year in the NTT IndyCar Series. Very excited to have you on board. Thank you so much for coming on Off Track with Hinch and Thim. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. It's okay. He doesn't listen to this show. He absolutely yeah. does not listen to this show. We wish all of our friends, all of our IndyCar friends, best of luck in the Daytona 24-hour race. It'll probably be over by the time this airs, but that's not the point. The point is we wish you luck before it started. And, uh, yeah, let's go watch some hockey. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.